Alright, what's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys of the Round Table. I am your boy Vladimir Jean-Philippe and Happy New Year ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to 2021. 2020 was a, uh, oof, I don't know man. 2020 was, uh, started off with a bang and ended with a bang. <laughs> oh man. And 2020 is no better because six days into the uh, new year, we had an American insurrection where a whole bunch of, uh, Trump supporters <laughs> sieged the Capitol building and, um, yeah, chaos ensued and whatnot. So I know a lot of people be blowing off this uh, Capitol siege building thing as just like some, you know, boys will be boys type of thing or just a bunch of knuckleheads doing something stupid. But I have to remind you something that in America, you are free to do whatever you want, essentially. But the moment you start to siege a Capitol building because you do not like the results of an election or you storm the Capitol building because of, you know, your your feelings was in a tuffle or, you know, your feelings were hurt or whatever. You're crossing some felonious lines there, bruh. That's kind of borderline treasonous, essentially, because you're interrupting democracy because your team lost. Okay, now if the government were to, let's say, you know, take away some of your rights, like legitimately take away some of your rights, I can see the backlash. But the fact that your president lost and you want to go throw a hissy fit and he pretty much gave the marching orders, he being Donald Trump and his son, Donald Trump Jr. And a lot of Trump supporters, Rudy Giuliani and some other GOP lawmakers and whatnot, they pretty much amped this up for the past couple months or so to kind of get the people riled up, you know, constantly talking that the election was stolen, you guys were cheated out of the election, yada, yada, yada. And essentially, when you get a bunch of desperate people who have nothing to lose riled up, they're going to cause chaos. And immediately after the mishap, because it failed, now had it been successful, everybody's tune would have been a little bit different, but I don't want to go into what ifs or not, but here's the thing. It failed, and rightfully so. And now a lot of GOP lawmakers are backpedaling. Trump himself is backpedaling and saying that he had nothing to do with it. He condemns the violence and whatnot. It's all an attempt to CYA. All right. That's all it is. It's CYA. And if you don't know what CYA is, I suggest you go look it up. But if you don't feel like looking it up because you're too lazy to go open up another browser, it's cover your ass. Okay. A lot of these guys are covering their asses, essentially. That's pretty much what it comes down to. You know, but the government, the FBI, the CIA is on top of it. And trust me, every single individual that was part of that insurrection or that siege in the Capitol is going to be caught, is going to be tried, and they're going to be either in the slammer with the fine or they're going to be on some no-fly list or whatever. Because apparently, after the siege, a lot of people were placed on a no-fly list and they couldn't fly themselves home. All right, so I'm telling you, the government has ways of messing with you. Now, this brings up an interesting question because the aftermath of the whole capital siege, the dominoes effect that fell upon us is that pretty much Donald Trump got banned from all, all of the major social na- uh, social media networks. He got banned off of Twitter. He got banned off Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Shopify, uh, Reddit, YouTube, and some and some various other websites or uh, websites 
platform hosting websites, right? So now the big conversation is, has big tech gone too far? And a lot of my conservative friends on Facebook are all posting and saying that this is a violation of the First Amendment rights, that the big company has no rights to do this, yada, yada, yada. And me being the logical person that I am, I kind of like looked up the actual amendment to the first one, right? I actually looked up the First Amendment and I read it. I was like, huh, this does not apply to... (laughs) This does not apply to businesses at all, okay? Because the First Amendment specifically says, and in the first sentence, I believe, it says, Congress shall not, Congress shall not infringe on the rights of the people to gather and pretty much freedom of speech, right? I don't have the Constitution in front of us, uh, in front of me right now, because, you know, I'm lazy and I'm just doing this off the cuff. But the first sentence, I know for sure, pretty much says Congress shall not, okay? It does not say big tech shall not. It does not say Instagram shall not. It does not say Facebook shall not. And especially does not say Twitter shall not, right? Infringe on the rights of people to their First Amendment rights or to the freedom of speech or to gather and uh, protest and whatnot. To have re- to have been uh, reading some of these t- uh, tweets and Facebook statuses that my uh, conservative friends have been posting really kind of gave me a headache, It really has, because I'm reading these things and I'm just like, man, you guys sure do love the Constitution and love defending, quote unquote, the the Constitution. But you guys have no idea what the damn thing says, do you? Because it's showing to me anyways that a lot of my friends like to act patriotic. They like the idea of going on and sitting on their soapbox and speak of the Constitution and the First Amendment rights and everything like that. But then I thought about it some more and it's like, Essentially, what it boils down to is that they want to have the right to say whatever they want. And then if you say something that they don't like, they disagree with you and they want to shut you up. So it's a lot of hypocrisy, essentially, from what I'm seeing. But a lot of my friends are posting that this is a violation of First Amendment rights, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just kind of like, bro, you really need to take a look at that Constitution. (laughs) It says Congress. So as long as Congress is not doing it, I really don't care what Twitter does. I don't care who Twitter decides to censor. Now, I'll give you my full opinion on the matter in here in just a little bit, but to have to re uh to be reading these things that my friends are posting, to me it, and I'm not a person who gets emotional or, you know, I'm not I'm pretty much even keel unless it comes to my relationship then it's like what well, she does bothers me a little bit if it bothers me, but other than that, I really don't give an emotional reaction to a lot of things. But reading some of these comments really irked me a little bit. And I was just like, mm. and I started getting my, like, I started to feel myself getting riled up. And I started asking myself, why are you getting riled up? And I was like, Vlad, you know what? I'm tired of seeing my friends being radicalized, which is true, which is true. Because a lot of my conservative friends, they come on the Facebooks and all the other platforms. And a lot of them kind of condemned the BLM riots. And now a lot of people are doing this. They're pretty much comparing the BLM riots to the Capitol siege. And to me, that is the biggest, biggest no-no that you could do. Not the biggest no-no, I shouldn't say that, but it's a big no-no. And the two are not even comparable. They compare apples and oranges, and I hate to use that cliche, but it's true. One came out of strife and years of systematic oppression and racism. The people were fed up that no justice was served when a black man is unjustly killed by a police officer or ex-police officers, or civilians who are just kind of harassing them for being nothing more than black. And I'm tired of seeing black people getting shot dead in the street with no repercussions. But my conservative friends come on here and they go, well, all these BLM rioters, they're looting and they're 
they're breaking into stores and breaking stores that are robbing stores they're looting stores setting things on fires and causing all these kinds of riots i don't like the the fact that they're doing that and it's like hmm okay they weren't though a lot of the blm protesters a good majority of them, 90% to be. In fact, I remember reading an article somewhere that said 90% of the BLM protesters were peaceful. And then you had your 10%. And there was actual literal evidence of the 10% being done by other radicalized groups, namely Antifa, Proud Boys, and other white supremacist or white nationalist groups go out there and they do harms to other people's business. It wasn't the BLM protesters. It was other provocateurs that went out there and caused harm and damage to properties right but my conservative friends did not want to defend the blm protests instead they focused on the negative saying that they're causing riots they're looting they're shooting and they're beating people up and doing unnecessary things but yet the same friends the exact same friends see the capital siege protests and riots and proceed to have a different tone about what happened there their tone goes from well the election was stolen and these people are fed up fed up for what well you know how could 80 something million people vote for joe biden mm, that's what you're mad about okay so you mad that joe biden got elected as president and donald trump did not in a fair election mind you well it wasn't a fair election it was stolen do you have any proof or evidence that this election was stolen well there's court cases right now oh Okay, there was 50 court cases that was brought up in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and various other places, Wisconsin to be another one. And yet, all 49 have been thrown out. And the 50th one kind of did find some voter fraud, but it wasn't the voter fraud that you're thinking of. It was kind of like some one person accidentally <laughs> went and voted in their father's honor. And that was it. But it wasn't enough to overturn the election at all. So all pretty much all 50 lawsuits got thrown out of the court system, right? But yet these same individuals go on national TV and tell you that the election was stolen, the election was fraudulent, yada, 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 yada. But yet when they go into the court where you cannot lie, otherwise it's perjury, you're perjuring yourself and you do go to jail for that, they sing a whole different tune in the courts. Well, everything is rigged and then blah, blah, blah. Well, if that's your mindset, then I cannot reason with you. To make a long rant short, my conservative friends found that the BLM protests were unacceptable and that these treasonous rioters who crossed, who pretty much seized the Capitol building, well, tried to siege the Capitol building, but failed, or did actually did siege, but whatever. They attacked the Capitol building and yet they're making all these excuses as to why it was okay. Now I can go into a whole race related rant and be like, okay, this is why, you know, this one is bad and this one is good according to these folks, but we're not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to call a spade a spade and all these guys are hypocrites where one protest was deemed not good and another protest was deemed appropriate. But then they started to feel, realize that the capital siege was kind of like a real doozy and it's really has some serious repercussions. And now they're starting to sing a different tune. Well, I didn't condemn, uh, I didn't condone the sieging. You know, I did condone, I, I did caulk against the siege of the Capitol buildings as much as I did the BLM. And I was like, bruh, there's receipts. No, you didn't. <laughs> there's receipts. There's a thing called history. All right. I suggest you go through your Facebook status update histories and check because we can do that. And we can go look, and even if you delete them, they're still archived. There's ways to get them. I don't know the exact methodology of doing that, but I know for a fact that there's ways of getting your old uh, messages from Facebook and whatnot. So, 
it, the hypocrisy on that aspect, is, it just drove me bonkers. And that's why I got emotionally charged. And then I just thought about it and I'm just like, you know what? Why am I getting emotionally charged? Why am I letting these people live in my mind rent free? And the answer is, is because I actually do care about some of these folks. <laughs> and it hurts my feelings that to see that people that you've grown up with, you've played sports with, you shared a locker room with, you shared some intimate conversations, you drank with them, you've hung out with them, slept over at their place. You've had some really tight, intimate moments with these individuals, only to see them have these uh, thought processes as adults. And you're like, damn, I didn't know you was a POS human being. Now, I'm not saying that differing of opinions is a bad thing because it's actually good for your friendship to grow and be solid and to have a nurturing relationship. Differing of opinions really is a, a very good nurturing thing for individuals. But when you have a differing of opinion where one group of people is lesser than the other, then I think you're a POS. When you demean one group and elevate another group, to me, that's... That's something deeper than just a differing of opinion. That means you despise one group and you like another and you would rather see the one group that you like be more prominent than the other. So that's pretty much why it hurt my feelings a little bit. And that's why it got on my nerves. And that's why I'm sitting here talking to you about it. But the Capitol Siege, let's be real, people. It was not just a riot or a protest. That was a riot. It was a treasonous effort. You're pretty much traitors to the American public, to the American democracy. You are against American democracy because in a free and fair election, your guy lost, you got butt hurt, and you wanted to go demand change. You came in with zip ties, you beat an officer to death, you've hurt other countless of other people. A woman got shot because of it. 54 individuals got injured and a bunch of them got lost their lives in that 54. All for what? Your man lost? Your president lost. The president does not give a damn about you. A narcissistic man who's only power hungry because the moment he comes out of office, he's going to be arrested for a lot, a lot of things that he's done in the past and in the presidency. He has had a great four to five year run and his time is up. And this man is desperately clinging on to power so that he does not face a lot of these allegations. But yet, a lot of people are supporting this man. Like, I get it. The presidency, you want the conservative thought to have prominence. But to tie it to a lunatic is ridiculous. And another thing that kind of drives me wild is that people are saying conservative thought is being, uh, is being censored. No, it's not. Conservative thought is not being censored. Stupid thought is being censored. Extremism, calls to violence, et cetera, et cetera, is being censored. Yeah, sure. There's just as many people on the left as there are as many people on the right and in the center that are being censored. Now, it all comes back down to, is big tech allowed to have this power? And honestly, I say no. They should not have this kind of power because the power to censor somebody is a very powerful tool. The, in order, the, the ability to shut somebody out from their platform or from having them say anything is a very powerful thing. And it breeds into desperation and this vengeful action that some people will take because now instead of letting this person talk and seeming to be the idiot you decided to censor this person deeming this person to be a martyr so you take this person from being uh, pretty much a silly idiotic i guess you could say you know shit talker and now you've turned him into a martyr now he is the absolute symbol for people who are desperate for people with his voice and that's why I think it's wrong for big tech to have this kind of power of censoring people. They're not protected by the First Amendment, meaning, well, they are protected by the First Amendment, but the First Amendment does not, their right to censor you is not inhibiting your free speech, is essentially what I'm saying, is what I was trying to get at. Okay, they can censor you because in 2010, the Supreme Court ruled that big companies are essentially civilians. 
so they can act and talk and behave like civilians, which allowed them to create packs and super packs. But that's a different story. That packs and super packs are pretty much just donation companies to donate to political figures to get uh, in order to lobby for certain laws and laxations of rules and such. Super PACs are like really rich corporations like Amazon, Google, et cetera, et cetera. And PACs are just like your run-of-the-mill uh, multimillionaire folks. You know, like uh, like your, your millionaires that donates to um, to these uh, senators and GOP uh, lawmakers. And the Super PACs are the super billionaires like Silicon Valley, Google, Amazon. You know, your billionaires, Warren Buffett, <laughs> Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, they're the ones that like are super PACs. If they donate to political people, they're super PACs. But anyways, I don't think big tech should have this hammer of justice of like censoring people. So the fact that they banned Donald Trump on all of these social media things, I don't think that's right. I mean, it's funny. I'm not going to sit here and BS you. It is funny that he got censored from all of these social media sites. But to me, it, it's it's something along the lines of like, okay, so if you ban Trump, where do you draw the line? Are we not going to ban or ban like dictators from other countries that are absolutely doing horrendous things to their people? Are we going to ban actual legitimate murderers and rapists and people who got out of jail? You know, because they have Twitter too. Let's be honest. Murderers and child rapists and all these other bad folks in the in the world, they have access to Twitter and they're actually on Twitter right now tweeting. So this is like a little slippery slope because if you cut freedom, like I don't want to say free speech, but if you cut the communication line of one person, where do you draw that line? Because we all have free speech. You can say whatever the hell you want, but that doesn't mean you're free from repercussions. Not Trump. His actions led to him being banned. That's his repercussion. But is that repercussion worthy of the, is that punish, does the punishment fit the crime? And in this case, I don't think it does in terms of big tech censoring Donald Trump or cutting him off from all social media platforms. I don't think it's, I think it's wrong what they did. I know it's like a weird thing to say, but I, I really think that big tech overstepped on this one and they need to um, reverse course on this and let the man back on social media. Because if you ban, if you ban him, now you have to make that decision and you have to pull the trigger of banning every degenerate individual that's on Twitter. So it's a slippery slope, I guess you could say. But in terms of freedom of speech, nah, it's, that's not it, fam. It ain't it. Should the freedom of speech be overreached to big tech and whatnot? No, I don't think so. Because now you're going to because then you're essentially relinquishing power to big tech, saying that they have too much power. The thing that's keeping big tech in check right now is government. So now if you extend the First Amendment rights to protect them, them being big tech, now you're essentially saying big tech has way more control, as much control as the government do. And they can therefore intervene into, into your lives as they please. They can already do so, but they have to have a written permission slip from you. Pretty much the terms of agreement. <laughs> okay. The terms of agreement is what pretty much keeps these tech companies and you functioning in the way that you guys are. If the, any of the amendments extend to big tech, I think, and this is just my opinion, that it's going to be a very bad look. Because now you're essentially saying big tech is essential is essentially government. What big tech should be is used as a utility, like you know your gas, water, and light and whatnot. That's how big tech should be governed. They should be utility uh, utilities. You should pay them a fee, or they pay you a fee, and then you get to use you know the social media. Because essentially, you know, what you're doing is paying a fee. 
But you're not paying them actual dollars, but you're paying them with your data, with your digital footprint. You're paying these companies to use their services. And then I'll try to get as much information on that as I can because your digital service or your digital footprint or fingerprint is super valuable. These guys are taking your information and selling it for billions of dollars. So that's a different topic for a different day. But yeah. So to kind of surmise everything I've been talking about, no. Conservatives, conservatives are not under attack. No, your freedom of speech is not being violated because Trump got censored on Facebook and all these other platforms. No, this is not a slippery slope to, uh, you know, infringing on your First Amendment rights or any of your amendment rights. And yes, big tech is wrong for stepping in and doing what they did to Donald Trump. So I believe big tech should reverse course and unban him. But essentially what they're doing is giving him the digital death sentence. You know, they're giving, they're taking away his platform online. They're taking away his businesses online and, you know, they locked him out of all of that stuff. So essentially they're making it virtually impossible for him to A, communicate and B, generate money. I mean, it's not like all impossible. He can have other avenues to go make money, get his message out there and whatnot. But essentially what they're doing is they, (laughs) I hate to say this, but they godfathered the brother. (laughs) They gave him the kiss of death. All right. So yeah, I I think big tech needs to reverse course personally. I I know it's shocking, but nah, to me, it's overreach on big tech's part. It's pretty much, you know, you're allowing them to do something that they shouldn't be doing. And they're overreaching their power, essentially. Now, as far as the Capitol siege, I hope every one of those people that was involved get caught, get sentenced to the fullest extent of the law. Essentially, I would like them to be treated like black folks are treated in this country. There, I said it. I said what I said. All right. So thanks for listening to me ramble. Happy New Year to you all. And I'll try to get back on track with these once a week again. So this is Guys at the Roundtable. I'm Vladimir Jean-Philippe. You can hit me up on Twitter at GOTR Podcast. Email me to guysoftheroundtable at gmail.com. All one word, guysoftheroundtable at gmail.com. And then you can hit me up on Instagram at GOTR Podcast. And like and share this on Facebook on facebook.com slash guysoftheroundtable. Thank you guys for listening. As always, Vlad loves y'all. And peace.